the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Though it may not be required, being willing to give up everything that we have is one of the marks that separates a true disciple from a false disciple. Jesus doesn't identify the saved based on perfection, but rather affection. Great news as we start today's edition of Study Verse by Verse. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And I'm Mike Trout. He's been in the book of John for a number of weeks now, and we continue today. I hope you can open your Bible and follow along. This is, uh, well, a time of devotion here on this station, just a few minutes each day. And if you'd like to know more about us, well, please check out our website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Again, we're in the book of John, the New Testament, of course, the 12th chapter, and we pick up just after the apostles Peter and James have had a rather heated conversation about whether or not Gentiles can become believers. Pastor Layton continues from there. Verse 21. So these came to Philip, who was in Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Now, John's note that Philip was from Bethsaida suggests the reason why these Greeks approached him. He had a Greek name, and he came from Bethsaida, which was an area that did a lot of business with the Greeks that were in Decapolis. And so the Jews from that area were more likely to speak Greek. And that may explain then why they approached uh, Philip. And they came with a request. They said, sir, we'd like to see Jesus. Not just see Jesus. We want to interview Jesus. We want to talk with Jesus. We want to get to know Jesus. Now, they don't give a reason for this, but the tone of the gospel leaves no doubt that this group of Greeks represented the world that was seeking its Savior in Jesus Christ. Verse 22 Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Now, the Lord was undoubtedly hard to reach in the the crowds that were surrounding him. And maybe Philip didn't really know how to handle this situation. So he went to Andrew and and, uh, Andrew was the brother of Peter. Peter, James, and John were the inner circle of Jesus Christ. And the two of them went to Jesus. Verse 23, And Jesus answered them, The hour has come. For the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So Jesus begins by saying, uh, it it literally, but Jesus answers them saying, it's a Semitic form of of introducing a speech. 
So he's not just addressing this to the Greeks that came. He's addressing it to all of his followers. And he says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now, this is the first time that Jesus has spoken of his hour as in the present tense. He says in previous references to the hour have been that it's coming, that the time is short and so forth. But here for the first time, we find it in the present tense. The time has come. Now, his reference to the son of man is a messianic title. It's found in Daniel chapter 7. And it triggered thoughts of, of this person that was prophesied by Daniel coming to establish a kingdom that would be the golden age. But Jesus' next statement shattered any illusions that they might have because he talked about dying. Son of man would not be glorified by conquering the Romans and establishing an earthly kingdom, but rather by dying. He used an agricultural illustration that would have been familiar to his audience. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. The Lord's point here is that he would be glorified, but it would be through death and resurrection. When a seed is put into the, to the ground, it, it, be, it, it ceases to be a seed. It becomes something else that produces seed, that produces seed, that produces seed, and so forth. And there could never be the establishment of his kingdom unless there was the cross. He said to his disciples on the road to Emmaus, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what he said, uh, what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. In order for his kingdom to be established, he had to die. They wanted to know him. They wanted him to be their savior. But Jesus knew that the only way that that could take place was by going to the cross. And so he responded to their request for an audience by pointing to his death. Because it was through his death that salvation for many of every tribe and tongue would be provided. He then gave an invitation describing the kind of heart of one who receives salvation. He says in verse 25, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now when Jesus uses this contrast between love and hate, we have a, we have a concept in Western civilization that's different from the thoughts that came to his audience that day. To, to hate something in this context means you love it less or you desire it less than whatever it's being compared with. The one who loves his life in this world prefers what this world has to offer over God's kingdom, but eventually loses whatever he has been able to gain. On the other hand, the one who hates his life in this world by making Christ his priority will be able to keep it for all of eternity. Loses his life might be rendered, lives just for himself and his own desires. And by contrast, hates his own life might be rendered, but rather lives for God and others. 
Jesus repeatedly cautioned those who were considering following him to count the cost. He said in Luke 14, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother. Now, he's not telling us to hate his father and mother. It's that contrast that I was talking about earlier. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Verse 33 says, in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Though it may not be required, being willing to give up everything that we have is one of the marks that separates a true disciple from a false disciple. Jesus doesn't identify the saved based on perfection, but rather affection. Not perfection, but affection and direction. The outcome of all of this is service to Christ. Verse 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So to those who follow, Jesus makes these two glorious promises. He says, first, that where he is, his servants will be also. Now this is nothing less than a promise of eternal heaven. In just a couple of chapters, chapter 14, Jesus told his disciple, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. We recognize that as a reference to heaven, the place that we're going to enjoy God and his presence for all of eternity. And the second promise is the one who serves Jesus, the Father, will honor. And that honor is so much better than any honor that we can get in this world. Any honor we can get in this world is shallow and it's temporary. They won't remember it, whatever honor you got in 100 years. Maybe not even next week. But when we are honored by the Father, there's nothing like it. And there's nothing more eternal. So you see the significance of why John mentions these Greeks coming in verse 20. Paul wrote in Ephesians 2, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. We've been reconciled to God by means of his death on the cross. When we follow Jesus, Jesus said, we can look forward to spending eternity in heaven with him and being honored by the Father. Amen. Lord, we are so thankful for your word and the clarity that it gives us in understanding. Lord, we are so very thankful that you prompted some follower, some servant of yours to open their mouth and share the gospel with us that you had prepared us to receive the gospel. And Lord, we would ask that we 
that you would allow us the privilege of sharing the gospel with someone else that you've prepared the heart for. Lord, help us to be alert to your prompting. And when we open our mouths, you put your words in our mouth that that person needs to hear. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And we'll uh, start a new message in the book of John on the next broadcast. This is Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for coming along with us on this Tuesday. If you're looking for a church where you can worship and serve, I hope you'll check out Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Their website is highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And the ministries available are extensive, along with the service times on Sunday. All those details, again, are on that website. And you can find out uh, how you can join with us financially. We are a nonprofit outreach, of course, and depend upon your financial support and your prayer support. There's a contact link right there on the homepage. That's highlands.us. Have a blessed rest of your day. And come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll open the Word of God and study in the book of John, verse by verse. This program is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.